HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Escape Makers On Demand Agrotourism Training. For more information, go to escapemaker.biz. That's escapemaker.biz. This week, Team HRN is at Charleston Wine and Food for the fifth year in a row. So, on this week's Meet and 3, we bring you some of our favorite sound bites from last year. The hospitality here yes. and the camaraderie is really wonderful. Yes. That's what's struck Everybody me. smiles. So imagine if you mix dirt with sand. Yes. You've got our earth. Yes. That sounds like that would be really poor. Really poor, right? <laughs> you know, we can talk all we want about a good story, but a good story is useless if the wine isn't great. It's highly Instagrammable. It looks so gory. Tune in to Meet and 3, HRN's food news and storytelling roundup, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, welcome to the Feed Feed, where we sit down with leaders and upstarts of the food media realm to discuss everything from navigating social media, building, engaging with, and growing a community, and producing content that resonates with young and old. I'm Jake Cohen, Editorial Director of the Feed Feed, the world's largest crowdsourced food publication and social media community, serving as your daily source of what to cook, bake, and drink. So today we are talking with two of our cherished Feed Feed editors. <laughs> we have cookbook author and food writer, Jesse Sheehan, Hello, as peeps. well <laughs> as Jill Fergus of Feed the Swimmers, one of my favorite bloggers. Uh, hi, everybody. Thank you, Jake. <laughs> it's so great to have you both here because you're both such active members of the Feed Feed community and kind of two of the people I got to know uh, the best as I started with the company and really like embrace the ethos of community around uh, what we do in connecting people through food. Um, before we dive in, because you're both here representing what I love, which is this conversation around how people can kind of jump into food and make it their career, uh, not only like profit on it, but start to network using social media, uh, kind of create a name for yourselves, which is what you both did. Um, so to start, why don't we just go through how did you get into food? I know Jesse, like Jesse comes far away. Um, Jesse has a great story. Yes. And there's a lot of Jewish geography of how we're connected through (laughs) it as well, um, which is funny. Um, but I'll let you explain. Okay. So, um, essentially, um, I, I, I did have a kind of circuit, circuitous, circuitous. Thank you. (laughs) Jill is going to help me speak through the podcast in case I have any trouble. Um, so I had kind of a funny, a funny road that got me here. I started out as a, um, an actress when I graduated from college. Then I, um, became a stay at, uh, then I became a lawyer. Then I became a stay at home mom. Then I started working in a bakery. And now I am a food writer and cookbook author. And essentially, um, after popping out my second little boy, who, and they're both delicious, now they're teenagers, they're less delicious. 
anxious. I realized that I actually wanted to be doing something outside of the house besides just taking care of my boys. Nothing against staying home with your kids because that's awesome too. But for me, I needed to do something else. I had a voracious sweet tooth, although I did not know how to bake anything. Um, and a friend of mine said, hey, you should go into that bakery in your neighborhood in Red Hook, baked. And um, asked them if you can kind of learn the ropes. And I was like, brilliant idea, walked in terrified them I think from the initial um my initial entry because I was really enthusiastic hey I want to work what can what can I do for you and they thought I was insane because who does that in New York City especially and obviously not to shame you at all whatsoever but how old were you when you did hello like late 30s I mean they were just like who's the old lady (laughs) who has a couple kids what is she doing in a bakery and what does she think she can help us with but They did uh, take a chance on me, and I started working there, and essentially, first I was like an apprentice intern, and then they started paying me, and what was cool is the guys who own the bakery, um, Renato and Matt, started writing cookbooks, and they asked me to be their tester, and then their developer, and then by the time they wrote their fourth book, I was writing, you know, I was developing many, many, many of the recipes in the book, so it was a great kind of first job, as it were, that led me not only into like the skills of how to work with flour, butter, and sugar, but also um, how to write and how to test and how to develop. Amazing. (laughs) And that famous cereal bar that we love is yours, correct? (laughs) Love it. And Jill. Yes. Jake. Tell me, how did it begin? How, what... A, explain what Feed the Swimmers is. Oh, okay. Well, my, my kids actually, as of yesterday, until yesterday, were both swimmers. My daughter retired before she went to college, and my son had his very last swim meet of his career yesterday, which wrapped up last night. But long story short, I've always cooked since I'm a kid. My brother's a chef also, and we've both just spent all of our time in the kitchen. So fast forward, I cooked for everyone in college. I cooked for everyone in my 20s and, you know, shared recipes and, you know, sort of, I wouldn't say they were cooking lessons, but, you know, in sharing recipes, showed friends who didn't know how to cook how to do those things. And from there, they launched on, and they're all cooks now. Um, and when the kids started swimming, I've always been big on nutrition and no processed food. So everyone always wanted to know what I was feeding my swimmers. What are you feeding swimmers? Or they'd have a great swim meet where they dropped a lot of time, which happens when you're very little. It doesn't happen when you're old. It happens when you're very little. And people would say, what did you feed the swimmers last night? And then the coach put me in charge of the team food when we traveled. And the joke was always, what are we feeding swimmers? So it started as a joke, like, you know, just sort of uh-huh. lighthearted. And the reason I started the Instagram wasn't to necessarily build a community. That wasn't in my mind. I was completely new to social media. It was simply to have a place to share recipes so I wasn't sending out, you know, six different emails every day. It was a place for everything to land, for ideas to land, not necessarily formal recipes, because I like to inspire people to not need a recipe. And um, so that's how it started. And then it just took off. It just, and not instantly, it was a long, slow build, but it, it, it grew out of that. I love it. So. Um, when did you both kind of get involved with Feed Feed? Obviously, you're both, uh, we, we love like our editor community because we have these incredible voices within the food world spread throughout the, the actual world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that it's such an interesting conversation when we, we begin of like the, when you got involved to where you are now, because so many of our editors, like, or people that we've worked with, uh, we started working when they had just like a few followers or just doing one thing. Then all of a sudden, like they explode. Yeah. I had a very small account at the time and, but a passion for cooking and sharing it. And, um, I met Julie and Molly at the Union Square Farmer's Market and we started talking and then I would run into Julie a few other times and we sat down at coffee one morning and I just, I just asked, I said, you know, I'd love to be one of your editors. And Molly got in touch with me and she said, we need a salmon editor. And I said, that couldn't be more perfect because that's kind of like my family's favorite food group. (laughs) So it, it just, again, it was just, you know, you meet someone and you smile and you say hi and it opens up doors. Like, I really believe that that is very you true. Know, you say, that hi, nice to true. meet you. My name is Jill, and I think I follow you on Instagram. Or, <laughs> you know, or you know, hi, nice to meet you. I love what you do. And you make a friend. You know, it all, that's all it really yeah. takes is a smile and, you know, appreciation. For sure, for sure. 
I might not be smiling enough then. <laughs> oh my God! Because oh I don't because I don't have the numbers in my Instagram. No, but I guess you, you do. do have you do have a cult following. Oh. I feel like well to to know you is to like be <laughs> obsessed with you. Oh, I love um, you, and especially around the the, the food world. So first, let's talk yes. about how did you first get involved? So with food? Um, I think I must have stumbled upon it on Instagram because I mm-hmm. remember just reaching out to like you know I don't even know what the info at feed feed whatever the email uh-huh. was that I found on the website and Molly got actually you know who got back to me do you remember that woman um she's in Canada yes 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 yes, yes. I can't think of her name but she's lovely she was working for the feed feed then and she got back in touch with me immediately and said yes you can be an editor and then I think she gave me to Molly and Molly gave me the icebox cake feed which was brilliant because my first book is about icebox cakes and then the brown sugar feed because I love baking with brown sugar and it sort of started that way and I remember back in the day because this was so long ago that I just like email my like hey want me to edit what do you need me to do and for a long time the site was under construction yeah, do you yeah, remember yeah, yeah. it was it preceded it was, you it was before my it time it was before yeah. Jake but there was a time when you would be like desperate to edit something and um, and they were just kind of trying to Feed Feed was trying to figure out the, the best way to work with the editors and the recipes um, but I was desperate um, and then slowly after doing that I can't even remember when I went to my first event. Um, I think we met at that one. Yeah. That's when you and I met. Yeah, yeah, and um, I met Hetty. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was great. Amazing. So now, obviously, fast forward. Um, you're both having relatively incredibly successful careers. We were talking before about um, numbers, and you made the comment like, "Oh, well, I might not have the numbers," but. Um, I find, especially like at Friendsgiving, where we have yeah. editors at any publication, when they see you, they yeah. like yes. claw onto you. <laughs> um, and maybe it's because you just like talk a lot of shit and right. like people love I to gossip. A, I have a potty mouth. <laughs> and always a big smile on your face. That's true. <laughs> Jesse's the best. <laughs> what was the process in terms of kind of then transitioning from working for uh baked and kind of being the behind the scenes person of their books to then pitching your own um just because like obviously you've written now two books that are yeah. incredible what, what talk through what that was like sure so it was i i'm i'm just gonna say it it was it was yes i'm a talented person but it was luck it really truly was i um because i had met matt Nato and started working with them i was introduced to people in their agency and a literary agency who now is my agent said to me, you know, what about if you call this woman that we know that wants to write this book about icebox cakes and, and, and give her a call and see what she's up to? And I did that. I think one thing I will say that I am good at is hustling. And so if somebody offers me an opportunity, even if I'm not positive about what shape it's going to take, I go for it. And so I contacted that woman. She said, yeah, I want to write a book about icebox cakes. Let, you know, why don't you develop the recipes for me? And the rest was history. So that sort of almost like fell into my lap. I don't think I know for a fact that that doesn't always happen that way. But from there, you know, it was funny when icebox cakes launched in 2015 and I had to start an Instagram account because I didn't have one. Like that mm-hmm. social media, as we all know, just wasn't quite as prevalent and important in terms of mm-hmm. building a brand uh, five years ago. So I started an Instagram then, um, you know, sort of even behind those peeps who already had accounts just because, you know, people were playing around with it. Um, and then I think the second thing that happened is, you know, move, I, I published my first book with Chronicle and my second, The Vintage Baker. And... Um, once once I um, submitted that proposal and sold that to Chronicle, you know, the the whole, the importance of the brand for the individual person, whether you were an author, a recipe developer, a food writer, was becoming more, I mean, now we take that for granted, that everybody has to have a brand, and we talk about people having unique voices, mm-hmm. and if anyone ever asks me advice, I'm sure you say the same thing, Jake, it's like, be yourself, but That's put, it. Your, put your personality out there, don't try to be anybody else. Yeah, authenticity uh, reigns supreme. Yes. And that is exa- I think I started to realize, like, I know I was a little anxious when my book in 2018 launched and, like, it was the first time I'd done a lot of TV stuff or video stuff and I was a little apprehensive about what that was going to be like and then I realized, like, oh, yeah, like, you're, I mean, it sounds so cliche, like your mom would say this in seventh grade, but be yourself. <laughs> but <laughs> and it's it, true. And then, yeah. like, I picture, like, you just did the live with Julian, like a corduroy, pink corduroy <laughs> jumpsuit I as you're just, like, jumpsuit. chill, completely <laughs> unfazed um, by anything. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So that's all. I think that is about 
focusing on a, a brand that is you, and then as long as you're comfortable in the you thing and you put that out there, people are going to respond to that. Yeah. Um, Jill. Yes. We talk about kind of this idea of a personal brand and one thing that I mm -hmm. always notice from you because you've built like a wonderful account. Oh, thank it's you gorgeous, very, beautifully thank curated. You very much. But one of the things that I also notice is yes. that you have the most thoughtful comments on every person's account across Instagram. So every food writer, publication, uh, you're uh, always, what is kind of the thought process behind that? Um, how do you think that's impacted like your steady growth of your account? Um, it's hard to say what, what grows the account and what doesn't grow the account. Cause you know, we can all complain about algorithms and what, this, that, the other thing. And it seems to go in fits and starts, but I genuinely feel like I'm part of a community and so much so that it's spilled into, into real life. So these friends are not virtual anymore. I've met so many of them. And everyone is exactly who they put themselves out mm -hmm. to be, which is wonderful. So um, I just feel it's like another group of friends. So, you know, I like to support my friends. I like to talk to my friends. I like to, you know, I think it's just part of participating in a community. If that makes that makes perfect not not sense. to oversimplify it, but that's that's really all it is. I really enjoy having those connections with people, those who I've had the opportunity to meet, and those who I hope to meet one day soon. I love it. That's and, the best way to describe it. And now let's kind of get into like the next stage, which is you've built up this account. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Instagram, beautiful. You're you're making all these connections. Mm -hmm. um, something that we've kind of in. in personal conversations discussed is like that concept of then how do you translate social media or like clout mm -hmm. virtually into something that's concrete and typically that would be uh, a book, a book would, or would... a byline on a publication exactly. i would say even before we get into books let's talk about like pitching because yeah I just think you've done incredible things with Washington Post. It's like Food 52. Jesse is the queen of, of pitching. I'm going to take I'm going to learn lessons from Jesse. <laughs> but um I, I, I hit a little bit of a pause button in the past year and a half. You know, my son was sick, so mm -hmm. we focused on that. So I went back to Instagram and social media being that, taking a few little jobs or assignments here and there, but um, really keeping things more quiet. And now I'm getting, you know, now I'm back into it. So um, I will be pitching ideas. I will, I do want to write for you for, you know, for other members of the community and I want to fine tune an idea for a cookbook which features what I love to do. I don't want to offer out a, a different category of food or type of food to the world. I mean that goes with the whole conversation about authenticity. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but I also, you know, a lot of what I cook is very similar to what a, a lot a lot of other people cook. It's an, you know, so I want to find a way to capture an audience that needs what I want to say. Yeah. Um, maybe it's empty nesting, you know, two swimmers and all of their friends is a hell of a lot of food to be cooking, you know? So even when I was recipe developing and playing on Instagram, there was always someone to eat everything I was experimenting with. And now it's Joe and I, you know, that's a lot less food, like exponentially less food. I was going to Whole Foods every day when my kids were home and buying a gallon of milk and another two dozen eggs along with everything else. And now... You know, I could go a couple of weeks and not walk in unless I, you know, I want to work on something and I don't have the ingredients in the house. I do I, love that perspective. I, I, so I also cooking like for that two empty is, nesters cookbook. I yeah, I like, like a yeah. yeah. Because you know, like I, I made it this wonderful seafood stew a couple of weeks ago. Some of it's in the freezer, but then um, a couple of days later, I turned. You know, you just kind of had to make a dish, which is not easy to make just for two. But then you can get three more meals out of it easily, and it reinvents yeah, yeah, yeah. itself. So I love, maybe I love something that. like we'll see, we'll see. I'm com I'm trying to figure that one out. Jesse, when you are pitching, what is that process like? Mm -hmm. Talk through, like get real. Yeah, yeah like, no, I'm gonna get real. This is a I think kind of an insane story. Jake will have to cut me off if it's like no. not as great as I think it is. <laughs> so this is insane. Jill and I were leaving a Food 52 party in December. A woman mm -hmm. was coming in the door. She, we kind of helped her get through the door. Somehow it came out that she worked at Dwell 
and that we were food writers. And I said, here's my business card. And she said, great, here's mine. The next day, I emailed her. I said, hey, I mean, I, 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 guys, you have to understand, I don't even like have an aesthetic. Like, I don't have anything to do with Dwell. But I thought, <laughs> oh, here's a magazine. I should, work, I should write for them. So anyway, I, I wrote to her the next day. She wrote me right back. She connected me with the editor at Dwell. The editor at Dwell wrote to me and said, any ideas? I was like, what the, you know the word I want to use, but I'm not going to use it because you can't be naughty on a podcast. Um, uh, what the... Um, and I started racking my brain like what you know she was saying like food and aesthetics how can you combine them and I was like oh god I'm not aesthetic I take the worst you are aesthetic oh my god I (laughs) love it (laughs) anyway um, I I have a really nice house in, in, in Brooklyn and so I pitched that I said what about a story about me and my house with like um, me baking and like my pit bull and uh, I sent her the photos and she loved it and I just have a piece and dwell online like, that's awesome that's insane right I bumped into but it's her not in a doorway because that's, that's how and I think it, it truly is and it's unfortunate because it does create this barrier of entry based on location mm-hmm. um, because I do find that one of the most important things is FaceTime um, especially with editors because I've both been an editor myself mm-hmm. um, in addition to a time when I was freelance and then all of a sudden having to pitch and it it's night and day um you mean if you're doing it just like if I am the one who is assigning yeah out articles versus when I'm the one pitching myself and I've been in both situations yeah um and I do think that the concept of events and showing up and saying yes and all of a sudden you start to create these relationships with people that get to know you and until they get to know you sometimes like a pitch is just like an idea and so often like ideas are great but that's not what people are are looking for these days on uh any food publication we talk like we've said authenticity or unique voices Mm -hmm. a million times and until an editor can understand what yours is they can't really exactly visualize what that story would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get that completely. And yeah. I think that's something that's been so huge and important when it comes to kind of starting to show up and, and you talk about like you, I mean, not to totally just like put everything out there, but like ICP where yeah. we were in Santa Fe yeah, and I feel like there was that and then all of a sudden it's like, great, now you are writing for the Washington Post. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just, it, it is, um, you have to be slightly fearless, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Because it's, it can be a little humiliating and of course you get rejected. But, you know, I if I meet somebody that whose publication I think I might want to write for or like well, <laughs> I don't even know if I want to write for them, <laughs> but I think I do, um, I will usually try to you know, talk to that person and find out if it's okay if I shoot them an email. I'm also very good about follow-up. Very a good. A lot. Yes. I know, as Jake Including, well knows. She sent me one this morning, <laughs> and it was so yeah. great because I was like, oh, perfect. I'll, I'm going to see her today, and we could discuss it, get um, something set up. But I'm really good about, I, sometimes I worry, I, I always want to actually ask editors how frequently you should follow up, but if I know the editor that I'm pitching, I'll pitch, I'll follow up in a week, maybe two, but I keep on people where I have friends who are food writers who say to me, oh my God, if I don't hear back, I assume they didn't like the idea. And I'm like, yeah. No, no you have to most check the time, your shy they're just, the door. They're just buried. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get a million emails and most of the time, like one is great and it gets completely lost or I see it and I'm like, great, but it's not necessarily as like time sensitive. Um, so it, I do think that that is also a very common misconception where there are also moments where I see an email and I immediately respond because it's like, that's incredible. Yeah. That needs to happen. Um, and then there are also moments where there are ideas that are just as incredible that mm-hmm. take two weeks to get around to. And it's terrible. It's not necessarily good form, but it's also sometimes right. just the reality of... There's only so much bandwidth. There's, there's only, only so much yes, time in the yes, day. Yes, yes, yes. But yeah. I find you have to like check your shy at the door. Yes. And I always say shame is the only thing that will hold you back in exactly. life. Exactly. And if your fear of getting rejected, well, a rejection... Just go for it. So big deal. Like one rejection isn't worse than another. And if you respond and follow up, so you find out sooner, like it's not a problem. How do you both feel in the sense of when we then pivot this conversation to 
it's you are pitching yourself and your unique voice. A rejection um, then can often be taken very personally. While like an Sometimes. idea, an idea, yeah. it's like, all right, they don't want that idea. They don't want that recipe. Fine. But it's like, no, they don't want me. Um, and sometimes that's something that definitely has to be balanced because you have to remember that it's, you have to stick to yourself. You have to be like, mm. you can't let any of that stuff phase you. I feel that particularly if you pitch, um, new, like TV, like anything where you're going to be on it Video. and they say no, um, it feels a little bit more painful to me in a way. Cause it feels like a rejection of me. However, that part of all of this world is, I think, more based on um, popularity and, you know, it's harder to break in. I think it's easier to break in writing a, a recipe or a piece in a magazine in the food world, do you agree, than like getting yes. yourself on the Today Show or Good I Morning agree. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, so those, in some ways, those little moments where you get on TV or do something like that feel like big wins. Um because that is a little bit harder to do. The only other thing, just to throw in like a little um, um, dose of like sad reality, the the bummer about all this, because I do write for a lot of different people right now, it's not the most lucrative way to make yes. to make it in this food world. And I do less of kind of the branded branded content kind sponsored post kind of thing. And when I have done that, that's lucrative. So it's hard to figure out how to, um, yeah, it's hard to figure out how to pay the bills, as it were. Funny enough, that's actually going to be the next uh -huh. topic of discussion, yeah, okay. <laughs> but we're going to take a quick break. Okay. okay. This episode is brought to you by Escape Makers On Demand Agritourism Training. Did you know that every $1 invested in tourism marketing returns on average $3 to $8 back? Not a bad ROI. Learn how to grow your agritourism business via 12 workshops entirely women-led. These training workshops are on demand and can be downloaded at any time. The local travel landscape is rapidly changing to meet the demands of the leisure, event, and corporate travel sectors. Whether you're a farmer or producer, a winemaker, a restaurateur, or a destination marketing organization, there's more opportunity than ever to capture these markets. The on-demand agritourism training will provide you with insights and skills to keep your target demographic coming back for more. 14 speakers providing six plus hours of education that you can watch at your convenience anytime on any device. Maximize your time, budget, and resources, and focus on creative solutions to help your business thrive. Presented by Escape Maker and Fulton Stall Market, the full conference access pass is now available to purchase. Use the code HERITAGE2020 for $50 off a full pass at checkout. For more information and to purchase your pass, go to escapemaker.biz. That's escapemaker.biz. So we want to talk monetization. Obviously, this is an industry. That's if everyone wants, everyone wants to to do what they love, but at the end of the day, you also have responsibilities and bills to pay and mm -hmm. a million one things going on. Uh, what has been your experiences with? Obviously, like I can speak from experience. Like editorial will mm -hmm. never pay as much as as sponsored. No, but it does get your name out there. Correct, and it gets it your is value. It makes your voice heard, and it's. I think it's just as important as the social media piece. Yes, but what is the conversation then that you're having with yourself of how much do I do of both? Um, because a lot of times people will be like, I am only going to do editorial. I would never do uh, branded no, you work. you can't say but that that's, anymore. It's but many that's... eggs. It's, you know, you have to you have to spread it out. Yes. You, you can't bank on one thing. We all know, you know, you don't put all your eggs in one basket, not to sound so cliche. But um, one of the things about branded content, which I think is very important, um, I find in the, in the past several months I've turned a lot away because they're just not things I use. Mm -hmm. I, I respect them. They're they're nice products, but I don't want to offer branded content on my blog or Instagram that isn't something that's genuinely active in my home. A hundred percent. Because then it feels inauthentic. Exactly. Um, it would be much more lucrative 
to take it all on, but then I think you just dilute your whole voice. I think it dilutes everything, and it it's, becomes joyless. Yeah. Um, one of the most important things about pursuing this line of work is it's pursuing a, a passion, and I need to keep that in there. So um, I'm still learning my balance. You know, I, I still feel like I have a door to push open. How do you kind of pick a brand are you reaching out to brands that you want to work with that you're already using or are they reaching out to you or some combination um, I have not done I've done a minimal amount of pitching so people have reached out to me I've worked with a lot of brands through you guys yes um, and they're wonderful brands that I did de- because that that's I, our ethos is we would and, only w- partner with a brand that we are already using in our test kitchen yeah and, and one of the things that actually thrilled my son he loves Blue Corn Chips, and I'm not going to mention any brands on the but that company reached out to me, and they said, you know, will you do a giveaway for us? And I said, well, you have no idea how many bags of your chips are in my pantry. That's the best, but that's <laughs> so it. So it. it was perfect. It was, I was happy to do it. It was wonderful. Working on, on everything for them felt good, and, you know, it's happy, happy, joy, joy. Like, yes. it sounds so trite, but... But that's kind of like, for example, you both were on our Handsome Brook farm trip. That was wonderful. Which is wonderful. Amazing. But that's like, you, you think about working with a brand that y- you know the product, we use the product. Integrity. I know, I know, I know the company. Oh I, I like, a knot has now become like family. Like mm-hmm. all of this stuff. And that is kind of the future of what branded content is becoming. There's the, the concept of advertorial. Of mm-hmm. it, it, It's still an ad, but it's has an editorial spin to it. Yeah, and um, pasture-raised eggs. Oh, yeah, are, yeah, yeah, It's so important to pursue that in, in with climate change and health and nutrition and, you know, avoiding slaughterhouses and unethical breeding practices and all of that stuff. So it was it was joyful, and I had no idea what to expect from a chicken farm. <laughs> and we had, a, we had a blast. It was really fun. Jesse, now you do a lot of pitching. Yes. We talk a lot about for like concept, what is the ratio of what an editorial recipe would pay versus a sponsored? Oh my gosh, like no comparison. I would say uh, I'm going to go with a quarter of the amount. Um, That's uh, about the same for me as well. But I just want to say that I, I, I think because of numbers, which is fine and legit, and also Jill, if mm-hmm. I'm sure you're all following her, but if you are not, she has the most beautiful feed. I mean, oh, I have a, a very nice feed. I'm not going to throw myself under the bus. It's beautiful. No, you I are, love it. I it's love your feed. But I want to eat everything. But I, I don't. Yeah. Your... <laughs> but I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't get approached. I mean, you. I've. I've. I think I could probably count on one hand. No, I know I can count on one hand <laughs> how many sponsored posts I've done. And and some of one was great, like Eagle Brand condensed milk. I love which is perfect. very. But that's also perfect. Perfect, on perfect brand fit of what, for me. So that so that was perfect. Um, kind of spacing on like the other two or three. Um, but long story short, it's just it. It hasn't. If I want it, it, it hasn't been part of what um, my thing has been. And at first, I won't lie, was like upset about that, trying to figure out how I can make it. And I've kind of shifted away from that a little bit. Like, I feel so busy right now with just mm-hmm. the writing that I'm doing and the developing I'm doing that I was like, I don't, I'm not even sure I should put that on my plate as well. Because it's a little, it's a little square, um, square peg, round hole kind of situation for me. It doesn't, the pressure of taking the perfect picture with the can in the back, that doesn't come naturally to me. Yeah. So it, 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 and that probably shows in the picture that I then make for the brand. Um, but I would say financially, that's not very smart of me because, because <laughs> that's where a hundred percent where the money is. And I would also say like doing TV for the most of the time, um, you're, you're not, uh, obviously you're not paid because they see it as an opportunity Correct. for you. Yeah. And so, you know, I have, I'm just going to come right out and say it. I have like paid to go to Los Angeles to have the opportunity to be on various TV shows. And I think it gives people have the illusion like, Jesse, oh my God, you're amazing. They're flying you across the country. Um, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's a choice that I'm making um, as I try to build um, my brand. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's an important realization that a lot of people 
definitely always think that this is this like glamorous life, especially even just to have a byline in a, in a prominent magazine, uh, or publication. Like it's great. You start to see either your recipes or your face printed and it's gorgeous. And then you, you remember it's like Mm -hmm. they paid you not a crazy amount for the, the amount of work that you pour into it because of the fact that it's so important to put yourself, your best self out there especially when given a platform like that yeah um turning out work for someone else is very stressful yeah um so even though you love what you're doing there the dynamic is completely different it's completely different and also i don't know about i I think jesse's in the same boat We're, we're we're one girl shows like i don't have an intern i don't have an assistant i don't have a staff you know at the end of the day I'm doing the dishes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot of time. It's a lot of time. So it's trying to find balance to make it all work so that you give 100% of yourself to each project you decide to take on. Yep. Let's talk a little bit about cookbooks, cookbook proposals, mm-hmm. like all of that. What has gone into that? What is kind of your thoughts in the sense of how you approach um kind of thinking about the next project, mm-hmm. what to take on and how you prepare yourself and your brand for it. Sure. So for better or for worse, that's like, and both Jake and Jill know this, mm-hmm. um, that's like the the goal for me. Like, no, I'm not wanting, like, dreaming about a Netflix scene show. <laughs> or the no, Hallmark. Would that we would have a lot wow. of, that we would have a lot of fun with the three of us. Um, <laughs> um, but what I'm really always dreaming about is a cookbook. For me, that's just the... That's the thing that I like. That's what I. That's why I do everything else is so that I can write another cookbook. Um, so editors who are listening, <laughs> work for publishers. Hello. But anyway, um, and so everything I do is for that. Um, I would say in the five years since Icebox Cake was published in like April of 2015, I can't believe how things have changed. I feel like it was easier a few years ago to have an idea for a sweets and baking book and get that book published. Um, Maybe I also got lucky, but I do, it does seem to be harder now. It is. And I, (laughs) I, um, I I feel like um, I have an idea that I really love that I'm kind of trying to make work and um, it's hard. And, and um, I think publishers are wary, at least for baking and cook, baking books are wary about that I think perhaps they're a little less popular than books that are savory, um, and I also think that um, the it's you know it's a more the the environment is, it's more flooded now maybe than it was. Um, one thing I will say about book proposals, as Jake well knows, they take an incredible amount of time. There's usually yeah. some rejection <laughs> involved. There's all I yeah. mean the, it's the mostly we had. Um, Adina Sussman and Raquel Pelzel on, and I remember. I love listening to that. I remember yeah. when I wrote my first proposal. I actually got on the phone with Raquel, mm-hmm. and she told me that um, the story of her first proposal and getting rejected, and then of course my first proposal got rejected by everyone. Yeah. And then again, it, it, you forget about it when you change it or tweak it or write a new one, and then all of a sudden everyone's fighting for it, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay. Not so yeah. bad, worth it. Yeah. But the, the amount of time and work that goes into a proposal, a lot of people don't realize. It's not just jotting down a few ideas. It's writing about a 40 pages of yeah. what is the concept? Why should you write it? How would you market it? What are, what are the, the table of contents? What are 10 example recipes? And demographics. Who will it demographics, appeal to? Why will they buy it? Who will it appeal it? to? Yeah. 100%. And who you know in the industry. And who you know mm-hmm. in the industry. All of that, and then at the end of the day, they can say no, and all that time and energy is gone. Yeah. For no money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It takes, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I feel like I think it's the writer in me because that's what I love. Like, yeah, I, I worked on my proposal with my agent. I have a great agent, and she was very involved, um, but we worked on it for a really long time. So it's, it, it, it is, yeah, it's hard. It's, it's hard. And I think maybe. 
I don't know. Would you say that everyone, that's their goal to write a book? I don't know. Not for, always. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. For, it's something I've always wanted to do. So that, that's the hurdle I'm going to attack next. Yeah. I mean, it's also, times are changing in the, as you both know, in terms of the landscape of food media from when you yeah. started to now where we're discussing about you coming and doing TikToks yeah, with us. I know. Which I can't is gonna, wait. Which is going to happen. happen. Yes, oh, I yes, can't yes. wait. Yes. I've been but, playing with that idea I had for good. you with the explosion. So. Amazing. I can't, I can't wait to I see can't it. I can't get the timing right, but I'm working on it. <laughs> timing is everything. But here's a question for you, yeah. okay? We know the demographics of, demographics of TikTok. Yes. If all of a sudden I pop up with TikToks, are the kids going to run? Or are no, they going to be like, no, I want to see what you No, you're, you're the boomer who's making cakes or salmon on TikTok. The, the whole idea is you can still be authentically yourself mm-hmm. and position it to a different demographic. Uh, people, if you then try to be like... I don't know, like I'm picturing Jesse kind of very much naturally has that like Amy Poehler, Mean Girls, like <laughs> mom personality. <laughs> so like her being on TikTok is her, the same her, right. just yeah. to a different audience. Yeah, we, we're very silly in our household. And so that's it. And that's it. It's all about having, if you're not having fun, don't do it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we're going to get into our uh, lightning round now, which is my favorite part of Ooh, the podcast. Okay. Um, so to start... Um, who do you love to follow right now? Who's killing it on the gram? Oh my goodness. Um, it's all about who makes me hungry in the moment. So I would say, even though I don't eat a lot of meat and I don't eat chicken, I don't eat poultry, pinch of yum, mm. hungry, like everything they do. Videos are concise and wonderful. Um, God, there are so many. I love husbands that cook. Yes. I love them. I love them personally. We've met, like, they're the two of the so nicest sweet. people I've ever met in their food, also. Everything is delicious. Um, I, God, I could keep going. Um, I love Amisha at the Jam Lab. Her things are beautiful. I love Jesse's baked goods. Yes. And having baked a lot of Jesse's recipes, they all work. Mm-hmm. If she says it's going to be easy and you can knock it out in a few minutes in one bowl, I'm telling you, that oh, is so chill. true. Even when we've been in situations where we have, I haven't had access to kitchen tools other than like a bowl and a wooden spoon, guess what? I go to Jesse and, you know. Honey, I love you. It's true. I'm, I'm not lying. <laughs> She's it's slipping totally her true. $5 bill <laughs> yeah, off the right. table right now. Um, I could go on. There are, there are many, many, many. I think that's uh, Dishing perfect. out health. Actually, um, I love what Jamie cooks because I find it so similar to what I cook. And so frequently she's made something. And I'm like, oh, my God, I just made that last night. Like, so. Amazing. It, it's just what I want to eat in the moment. Good. You know, and I find it all very inspiring. That's what I love most about scrolling through everyone's accounts. Yeah. Jesse? Well, I love, of course, love, um, I love Jake's feet. I love Jill's feet. And I love all the beautiful food. But I'm going to say that what I really love is when somebody is hilarious. Yes. Humor oh, is everything. So you guys yeah. Your puns, your puns. But humor, is, I think humor yeah. is what pushes. When we talk about like personality or voice, uh, like humor is the future of food. It's the future of, of almost everything. Why? Because there used to be this this idea that if you only could have clout if you, if you took yourself very seriously no, no, and no, now no, no. it's the opposite the opposite so I love Alison Robicelli not only yes. is she a oh, fantastic wow. food writer and so read everything she writes because it's so hilarious yes. she has a great podcast and just funny her- enough I'm like I'm I'm not mad at her but like she just came out with this recipe that is already handed in my in my manuscript oh, no. um, I'm still going to keep it because it's right. great but uh-huh. it's for a matzo tiramisu oh my um, god and it was just the fact that we both thought of it and called it the both called it tiramatsu um, oh my God. was so funny that because I originally funny. got the idea from Julie who does a version for her oh kids. Oh my God, that's so. Funny. What's a, what's the when you soak it in the egg and you make the oh brai matzo brai matzo brai yeah 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 different different yeah, no I know but that same soaking like yes, is that what coffee, inspired it's, it's, you it's, to soak the matzo no, or no all right it's a long story with Julie I posted this matzo um, icebox cake funny yep, enough icebox yep. um, and. I was talking to Julie around Passover mm-hmm. once. She said, oh, you posted that, and it inspired me to make this for my kids, and now that I make it for them every year, and I think she calls it matzo, they, the kids call it matzo masu, um, or something <laughs> like that. And then I heard that. I was like, that's such a great idea. And then when I was playing around yeah. with ideas for the it's book, brilliant. it was just like, natural. It's brilliant. Dip the in espresso? In coffee and oh, Kahlua. Amazing. That yeah. sounds so good. So and anyway, like, yeah. Alison Robicelli is hilarious, yeah, and I love her, and I can't remember what she had. The, something about her. Sometimes they're cats. I won't lie. I'm not a huge cat person sorry Allison but she's still hilarious yes 
I love that. Um, when's the last time you both really impressed yourself with a recipe you developed? Ooh. Um, Ooh. Sometimes it's the informal things that aren't recipes. Name it. Um, well, the two things I cooked recently, I made a sweet potato black bean chili. Yum. That was chili one night, and the next night it went on nachos, and then the next night it went into rice and grain, you know, grain bowls. Um, and there was a seafood, the seafood stew, <laughs> which um, day two went on top of a basic risotto, and I have backups in the freezer. So those two things, they, we just lo- they were so good to eat and so nourishing and warming and, you know. Um, this is kind of funny, and it sounds like I'm, like, trying to kiss Feed Feed's but but it's true. Um, I I did a feed feed li- I did Instagram live in the LA feed feed kitchen with Julie um, last week, and we made a cake from my book, The Vintage Baker. We made the Devil's Food sheet cake with sea foam frosting. Do you have that where you haven't made a recipe of yours in years, and then you make it and you're like, I'm a genius. That's like, a it great. Was, that's a great it was so recipe. Gorgeous. That's a it great was cake. So delicious, yeah. and I loved and it. And the sea foam frosting with the extra sugar <laughs> on top. Yes. Um, and the recipe is on the feed feed if yeah, you want. Yeah. Actually, it. funny enough, we got some really great videos after you left so I think we're going to post that Yay. I know at least on TikTok okay. we got a really, some really good ones Yay. that Dan took and you know what I did love doing the video for the stuffed squash blossoms those were gorgeous they did so well I yeah. love I, that's one of my favorite things to eat also I love yeah. making those um, what's the last disaster like total disaster in the kitchen oh, oh I have to think about that um, I have them all the time first of all so <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny it's, that I can't think of it um I'm trying to think what I've been developing recently. Well, I mean, I'm working on some buttermilk donuts right now for the kitchen, and I think I have them where I want them to be, but you, I, it, I mean, I'll just like go a little meta for a second. It's just hard when you think you're like an expert and you think you should be really good at this, and then you develop something which isn't that, it's not even a yeasted donut. It's like a cake donut, but it was a little, the dough, the batter was like a little bit too wet, and I wasn't sure if I could add more flour. It was just, you, I felt silly that I couldn't figure out what was wrong. And I did. But that's it. That's what happens. A lot of trial. And then there are times when you have to walk away. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it comes back to you in a year. Sometimes it's gone forever. Yes. 100%. I actually had a mishap this weekend. I'm I'm the queen of setting a timer. Like especially eggs. Everything's timers. I didn't set a timer. I popped some really delicious local Great Barrington sourdough bread. I sliced it thin. I was going to make some bruschetta and some crisp bread. Well, I popped it under the broiler. And forgot about it. And we were having, we invited some swim parents over. So I had a big bag of burnt <laughs> Christie. <laughs> um, but, you know, mishaps happen all the time. And sometimes they, they turn into wonderful things. There was a birthday cake I made. And I, you know, took it out of the pan and it broke to pieces. Well, it all got glued back together with the frosting mm-hmm. and the crumb coat. And no one was the wiser. And the kids were thrilled because there was so much frosting in that cake. So frosting it's, is my favorite. Yeah, it's things like that. I love frosting. Um, what's really exciting you in the food space right now? It could be an ingredient, a cuisine, a person, a publication, anything. Wow, um, that's a hard one. I mean, that's I, a really hard one. I'm, I I I want to say. I mean, I wouldn't say it's really really exciting because I haven't started yet, but. Jake, who I really trust and admire, is all about TikTok. And I want, I'm going to say it on the radio so it happens. I <laughs> really want to do TikTok. I think it is the right medium for me. So I'm going to say, I actually really I'm going to say TikTok. Yeah. Talk. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's very exciting to start something new because a lot of everything feels the same. Yes. And, and TikTok is the first new thing. Well, it's to the come Wild West. The time. And I, I think in the same way, that's like the best it, feeling, it was though. Instagram, it was food blogging, all of these things at one point where, where anyone could do it and you could create an incredibly uh, impactful voice. Um, it, it is all about that Wild West feeling. I yes. mean, that sense of adventure and really, not, and starting out when you really don't know what you're doing. You know, that, yes. I. To me, that's exciting and fresh and new and fun and and full of laughter. I can't wait and, for you yeah. to be replying to these children <laughs> leaving comments. A, they all the first they all want to say first. That's when they comment on all of it because yeah. they want to be the first one to comment yeah. on your video. Yeah, and, and then they start saying things that you're just. You, I love it. It'll I be. It. It'll, I I can't wait to read your comments. <laughs> um, I, I miss being surrounded by children. Oh, there I you go. That. I mean, this, I maybe love, this is the perfect thing of like, love, love, love. you're an empty nester, so you're now on TikTok. Yeah, to... when when the kids would all come over and hang out, I was in heaven. I loved it. Amazing. 
Okay, and my favorite question, we're playing Fuck, Mary Kill. Um, you knew it was coming. Yep, we do. So for Jesse, your options are budge, American buttercream, and one bowl cakes. Ooh, that's really good. Okay, so I'm definitely going to kill fudge. Oh, wow. Weirdly, you make great fudge. I make, I, 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 I make, your fudge is I make, killer. I make good fudge, and I don't tell. I don't really like fudge, so there's that. So definitely fudge is getting killed. I think I... I, I think I have to marry one, was it one bowl baking uh-huh. or one bowl cakes? I got to marry one, because I am like one bowl till the day I die. But American buttercream, fully fucking American <laughs> buttercream. Okay, 120%. Love it. And then Jill, I'm scared. you okay. have matcha, tahini, and daka. Ooh. Which oh, I feel like are some of the three God. motifs in all your recipes. Yes, I, I bake with a lot of matcha. Um, oh my goodness. That's a good one. I don't. I can't kill one of those, but I, I have to kill one, don't I? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to marry Tahini. I am going to. I'm going to kill Matcha, and I'm going to fuck the Duca. <laughs> there you go. Amazing. <laughs> and I apologize to Matcha. I never, I never expected you people. People I'll get very, yeah. very heated with this yeah. question in it's terms hard. of trying to figure well, it know, out. Matcha, I, first... I, use, I do drink a lot of matcha, but I also, in cooking, use it very specifically. You know, it's limited. So that's why we're going to yeah, let yeah. it rest in peace. Gotcha. When we're I first the, pitched yeah. it, um, every, the people, the, I got this question to be like, you're not like using food people to <laughs> this question, correct? <laughs> Like, no, 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 foods only. Um, but luckily we got there. Oh, my God. Um, the last question, just to wrap this beautiful conversation about what it's like to not only kind of build up a career in food media, but survive and thrive as uh, these freelance um, stars that you both are. What do you want to see for your careers in the next few years? Great question. I mean, I've sort of already said it, but I want to... I want to write another cookbook and then I want to write another one after that. Like that's definitely Amazing. where I, I know you're supposed to like see it cause then it'll happen. So I'm just going to say that's what I see happening. And again, I'm um, cookbooks at the top of the list. Um, and I'd also just like to get more involved in, um, editorial, just put more out there. Um, I don't think people should take themselves too seriously in the kitchen. I don't think if they're new to the kitchen, they should be intimidated by the kitchen and, I think you just have to dive in and be willing to make mistakes. So I want to share that. So I'm going to go with book and editorial. Are you going to keep Feed the Swimmers? Or now that they're gone, are you going to pivot to You know, I was else? thinking about that last night. But for now, I'm going to keep it. At some point, I'm sure I'll switch to my name. But gotcha. at the moment, um, I'm just, I'm fond of it. It was, you know, this weekend was very emotional for everybody. So, Wonderful. but it came to a very happy, came to a very happy close. So, and we're very proud of him. Well, thank you all for coming and thanks everyone for listening. First off, Feed the Swimmers, Jesse Sheehan Bakes. Follow them on Instagram. Thank You're you, not going to regret it. And follow Jake Cohen. I mean, <laughs> nah, we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> to learn more about the food and drink discovery flop platform that is the feed feed head to the feed feed.com be sure to follow us on instagram at the feed feed and myself at jay cohen if you have a tip on who the next social media culinary star will be send us a dm we will see you next time the feed feed is powered by simplecast thanks for listening to heritage radio network food radio supported by you For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.